you are trying to buy a car, think about this. We have a chip shortage. There is a shortage of supply. That will catch up. There will be an excess amount of supply. You have people that are being delinquent on their cars. What's going to happen? There's going to be more repos. People are going to lose their cars. They're going to get rid of them. The supply will catch up, which means you have this excess supply. The lower demand, prices will go down. So don't be anxious to get the car. If you have to get one, you got to do what you got to do. But some patience will do you well in this current environment. Welcome in, listeners. You're listening to your favorite career and financial podcast, The Free Retiree Show, with your host, Wealth Manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and alongside my pal, interview coach extraordinaire, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? And Lee, is this like a new voice? What's happening? Just I'm now? trying out new voices. I thought Victoria uh, leaves for a day. Don't make fun of my voices. My voices <laughs> are awesome. Watch. People are going to love it. So for today's episode, we're talking about the auto market and buying a new car. So for listeners that have been thinking, I want to buy a new car, are my finances in order? Do I have enough money? Am I spending too much? This episode is for you. We're going to talk about the state of the auto market, what's going on. Is it the right time to buy a car? Should you wait? And if we're looking at our finances, what can you afford? Most of us go in, we just pick a magic number on the car that we're going to buy, and we pull the trigger. But today, we're going to teach you what exactly you need to look for in your budget, in your finances, before you buy that car. How's that sound, Serge? That sounds awesome. Like I think it's good. I think the listeners need this one. I think car buying, it's a crazy market right now. It was up, it was down. It's I don't know what's going on. We'll see. I'm excited to hear this one. But Serge, since you are a connoisseur of auto purchases, mainly Teslas, why don't you give the listeners your experience of going and buying a car and how that was since you did that recently? So we've bought two new cars. So before we got Teslas, we liked cars that were reliable. There's certain car brands that we knew were reliable. And I think that's important because it's like the long-term maintenance and all that thing. And we wanted to make sure affordability was important for us. So could we handle this monthly payment over time? The Tesla purchase, that was just something that was almost like a bucket list item for me, to be honest, when I first bought it, I never thought I'd be able to afford a Tesla. So when they created and built the Model 3, the first affordable Tesla, it was just a question of when I was going to get one. And at the time, it was like the gas prices were getting higher and I'm big into technology. So it made sense for us. We were able to afford it and it turned out to be a really good investment because Tesla's we've seen actually in some cases increase in value over time. That was not something I expected, but what I did expect was the gas savings. How was that a game changer for you? The gas savings In the app, we're going to do this live. We have saved so far this year in gas. In the Tesla app, they tell you how much you've saved based on how much you've spent on charging, how much mm-hmm. you've driven. So far this year, we've saved about $3,000 in gas. Whoa. About three grand and it's not even, it's only March. That's pretty nice. I'm sure you guys are loving that aspect of your Tesla. Yeah. I think the flip side is one of our car payments is relatively low. I think I'll just be vulnerable. We have one car payment at about four twelve a month. I think that's doable. That's fine. The other payment is about seven. That's, to me, it's a little high. I think other people have higher payments, but it washes with the no gas. But I don't know. I want to hear from you. For us, we're fine with the cars we have, but I think 
people I know get into the 900, a thousand a month car payments and it's, and then you're paying gas. It's insane, man. And going into what everyone's going through right now, delinquencies are on the rise in the auto market. Part of that has to do with the cost and how fast it's gone up. So yeah. going back to 2019, average price for a new car was around $38,000. So certain numbers, numbers. So we'll say December, 2022 at the end of the year, what was the average price for a new car? What's your guess? You said 38 in 2019. I'm going to say 46. Dang, pretty close. Pretty close. $47,362. Wow. Okay. Wild. Mm -hmm. That is a jump though. The average rate paid for a new car loan was 6.5%. At that time, at the end of 2022, and then also in 2022, over 9% of people with auto loans were more than 30 days behind on their auto loan payment. And these are numbers that we haven't seen since 2010. That's a high interest rate, man. That's scary. That's not good. The, the borrowers that were 60 days late, 26.7% higher in December than a year earlier. 20, 60 days late. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, 60 so days late. Like repos are going to happen. And then, yeah. So it is definitely a new environment. So let's talk about why this happened. And Sergi nailed it on the head. Pandemic is one of the big reasons why things have changed, but specifically it's the supply chain, right? Supply chain yeah. with chip shortages. That's been a big reason why we've had this spike in auto purchases. Yeah. So if we go back and let's say 2021, the shortage of cars was roughly 11.3 million cars were cut from production, right? So that's what caused this chaos. 2022, the shortage was a little bit better at 3.5 million. And in 2023, the estimates are that will be short around two to 3 million. Okay. So it's getting better. Yes, it's getting better, but it's, there's still shortage, but it, since things are getting better, I think we're starting to see a big change in this auto market. And you're probably going to see car prices start to come down because they've been massively overinflated because of everything we went through. Yeah. During yeah, yeah, I saw that. I've seen that over. They dropped, they actually dropped really low six months ago, I want to say. And then they started to creep back up recently. But I think like, because I'll occasionally check the value of our cars just because I'm curious. And I think I told you like the... One of the cars we had, it went up like last year I checked it. It was worth more than what we paid for it in 2020. But now it's back to normal. Now it's like what it should be valued at. It was wild. I remember when you were getting your car and I was telling you, don't buy that. It's so stupid. Like, why would you buy a new car? Because I'm just anti-new cars like that. Yeah. But it was one of the best investments you made between the gas savings and the appreciation on the price of the car. It was actually yeah. a great it's investment. At least, yeah, it appreciated and it's at least held its value, which most cars don't. <laughs> And it's been a gas saver too. So it actually has not been a bad investment for you. No, I've made money on it. That's great. So going back to these delinquencies and the implications of them. So being 30 days late, Serge, quiz question for you. Being more than 30 days late, how much do you think the credit score drops if you are 30 days late on the car payment? I have no idea, man. I'm too paranoid about being late on something like that. Um, credit score impact. 30 days. Dang, they hit you right away if you're 30 days late. Yeah, 30 days. 
it gets hit right away. I know somebody that probably has really bad credit then. I don't know, probably 20 points. 100 points. Shit. 100 points for 30 days. And it only gets worse as you keep delaying. There's so many points in a credit <laughs> score. <laughs> yeah, that's what's going back to point. I thought when I was reading up on this, I was like, dang, that's harsh. Just Go from a 700 to 600. Yeah, that's... Wow, that's impactful. Yeah, so listeners, if you got a car payment, don't be late because it will ruin your life, apparently. <laughs> Forget DUIs and going to jail. Your car points? payment 30 days late, that's going to ruin your life. So get that thing paid. Going back to the payments. Now, we've seen this spike. Um, payments that are over $1,000 or more a month has reached 15.7% of the people that are borrowers, which is crazy because the year before it was at 10.5. And then in 2020, it was only 6%. 6 6% of borrowers had payments above $1,000. So at 15.7, that is a massive change. So these we're talking 70, 80, $90,000 cars, $100,000 cars if they're spending... How are people affording these cars? People are living their best life, Serge. That's <laughs> apparently what's happening. Like this COVID life, people are like, you know what? Everyone's dying. Everyone's getting sick. I'm going to go buy a Maserati. Get the Range Rover. Getting that range. I deserve it before I die. Wait, people, have you gotten Victoria a new car yet? No, I told her it's forbidden. Her Tesla. Her Honda Accord breaks down and she can get a new car. Or, or a, never gonna break down. Shh, shh, don't tell her. Don't tell her. Hondas don't die. I told her those Honda Accords they break down all the time. It's just it's gonna happen soon. I see you when we're seventy. She get that new car, and yeah, she's in her seventy. So big changes in terms of how the loans are structured. So what is this gonna cause, Serge? As you you nailed it. There's gonna be delinquencies. If people are gonna start getting repoed, repos will happen. Man, this is crazy though. Like. How do these people get into these cars? Is this is just a product of bad loan? Just they're accepting too many, they're giving out too much money or what's going exactly. on? Exactly. So you know how like in the lending industry for like homes, they've really cracked down since everything that happened in 2008. It's really tough for anyone to buy a home. I think it's, no. we can get a sucker to buy this car. They're going to walk home with it. So yeah. you can have bad credit. You just pay more. You'll get a high interest rate. That is the problem. But so giving you guys advice on what you can do if, say, you are struggling with this higher payment, you're struggling to make the bills, we're going to give you guys some advice on what you can do. You don't fall into this problem. Number one, make sure if you're going to buy the car, it doesn't exceed one-third of your annual income. I think that, that is really gonna, important. That was going to be my question was like the formula for affordability. So one-third. Of your annual income. If you're going above that, you're probably stretching yourself too much. Or you're buying too nice a car for what your income allows. So try to stick to that rule. I think, yes, you might be in the problem already. I am sorry. That sucks. Let's be proactive here. If you're thinking about buying a car, let's not get into that problem in the first place. So look at your income, look at your household income, and then make your decision that way. Should be maybe under one third. Yep, one third. So maybe you're looking at cars and now you're realizing, oh shoot, that car I want to buy is like one year of my income. Big mistake. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's going to be tough and it's going to hold you back. You might have a nice car, but remember at the end of the day, cars are not real assets. 
or they, they are, but they're depreciating assets. So it's, if you have a joint incomes, so let's say you have two incomes, you need two cars. You're saying the total house household income, it should be no more than one third of that, whatever that total is. Yep. Yep. The two cars you're buying. Got it. That, that makes sense. Next thing on the monthly payments, right? So when you're thinking about what can you afford monthly, general rule of thumb here, financial experts agree on this, that it should be between 10 and 15% a month. Now, this is not just the car payment. This is the insurance, the fuel, all of your payments related to transportation in the car should yep. be between 10 and 15% of your monthly income. So if you're coming home, let's say with after-tax income of roughly $3,000, you should make sure all those expenses all combined don't exceed 450. That's 400, that 450 bucks a month. See, the dealerships won't tell you this guy, listeners. They they definitely won't. They will not tell you. That. They will do whatever it takes to get that deal done. All right, tip number three, review your budget. If you're struggling and you're having trouble making your payments and you feel like you're just treading water right now with this car payment, look at your discretionary spending. First thing that I tell people to look at is look at the entertainment and travel because right there is generally with travel, everyone likes to do it. We generally yep. take anywhere from two to four trips a year. Each of those is thousands of dollars. Yep. If you're struggling right now, I know it sucks to cut out the fun vacation that you've wanted to do with your family, but- that's got to go. You got to cut it out because if you're struggling, taking that vacation, that's going to hurt you. And right Dude, ours there, is food going out to eat. Yeah. Food yeah. is so... Have you noticed how expensive it is going out to eat? Absolutely, lately? man. Everywhere is crazy expensive. But if you cut out, let's say, the travel, average vacation, I think, for someone, even don't going domestic is a couple thousand dollars. That's you just domestic travel. Flight, hotel. Yeah, think about that. That is, for the average person, a couple probably a couple months of car payments or a few months of car payments. If you're one of the more expensive ones, it's still going to help you. So I think you got to sacrifice that. Eating out is the next one, right? So that's your thing. What I tell people on this, to keep it simple, uh, if you're not good at budgeting and you struggle with that, count the amount of times you go out on average a month, right? So maybe you're going out six times a month right now and you're trying to figure out how you can save a little bit more money, cut in half. Just go to three times a month or even better, twice a month. Count the frequency of going out. That's easier, right? Because when sometimes you go to the restaurant, you're not really thinking about your budget. You just want to have a good yeah. time. Think about scheduling those activities and uh -huh. the amount of those activities every single month. Does that make sense, Serge? Yeah, I like that idea of scheduling the activities. Like we we know the waiters at Westside Grill on the first name basis, and it's... Ah scary it's dangerous dangerous yes i like the idea of okay how often am i going one and then cutting that in half i like that and making it more of a gift versus oh we're just we're gonna go do this thing it's more of yeah. something we look forward to it's just got to plan out a little bit more but that's what's really going to help you save some money the last thing is groceries not as much money to cut here on groceries unless you shop at whole foods shop at whole foods you're getting no. destroyed it's basically robbery legal robbery that can make a difference but groceries my advice here is don't just go to the grocery store and buy most people go to the grocery store and they're like i need this i need this i need this i need this we will never run out of things to buy we will always need more stuff if you go to the store without a plan you're going to end up overspending on what you should so be more methodical about your grocery shopping think about what that number is whether it's like for this week we need to stay under 200 dollars or 150 dollars 
stick to it and be more strategic about what you're buying because the problem yeah. is people go to the grocery store without a plan and they just buy whatever looks good. So you start buying some fish, some meat, and that all adds up. And then all of a sudden you got this crazy bill and people just, they just pay it because they go, it's food. I think they don't need it. Just don't need it. It's nice to have that stuff. But I think people got to come up with their number, stick with that number, and then work with that. If you want the steak, sure, go ahead, get the steak, but cut back on some other stuff. Maybe put back the salmon. Just so important. Like we realize like Kimberly will go. I made the mistake of being like, oh, yeah, do you think we need to go to Costco? I had time between meetings the last this past week. Bad idea. We didn't go in with a list. We normally, dude, we're normally, I'm on it. I have a list. We get in and out. We didn't go on a list. We left so almost spending 300 bucks. I couldn't even look at the bill. I was like, what the hell did we just do? But when we go in with the list, it's okay. We're intentional. We get out a little over a hundred bucks, 130, 140 bucks, whatever. Absolutely. Although budgeting is not directly car related advice, I think in this situation, if you're struggling with your auto loans, you definitely need to look at the budget and see what other discretionary stuff you can cut out. Tip number four, negotiate with the lender. A lot of the times when we are in this struggle, we just figure, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to pay it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Work with the lender. See if they're going to help you out. It always helps to be nice. Tell them that you want to pay but you're just going to potentially stop paying if it's too much. That kind of makes them realize, oh, we got to negotiate with this person. We're going to have someone that's not paying. No one's going to be winning in that situation, especially if we don't have someone that's not, if we have someone that's not paying, that hurts us. So more than likely, they're going to want to work with you. So you can request a deferment and, you know. That's a thing? You think they'll work with you? Yes. A lot of times these lending agencies will. They'd rather have that than you just not pay. That's a good point. So right now in the current environment, a lot of these people that have the loans are willing to work with you. Someone asks if you can have a deferment for might be three months, might be six months, but if they grant it, that's going to help you. It's going to help you. It's going to help save a little bit more money. Yeah. Or they could do a forbearance. Forbearance is really similar. Deferment, basically no interest really accrues and the forbearance, you don't have to pay, but you get some interest tacked on. But either way, it could be the difference in you, you know, making through it in this tough yeah. time or not. So sure. other thing that you could do is you can request a lower rate. That's also an option. Maybe the rate's a little high and maybe they can knock it down for you. Go in with a friendly attitude and hopefully you get someone that's really good customer service that has the loan and they're willing to help you out. So come in with some kindness and hope for the best, but yeah. Not a foolproof plan, but it does work from time to time. And then the last one, Serge, you're not going to like this one. Sell the car. Yes, I know. You love your Tesla. It looks so I've big. considered it. I've considered selling one of them. If you're struggling with payments, right, you're not getting ahead, go ahead and sell the car. Remember, these are depreciating assets. We want to have nice cars, but at the end of the day, you need a vehicle that gets you from point A to point B. And there's a lot of options out there for a much cheaper price. A lot of times we know people that have old cars that they're not using them anymore. And they'd be more than willing to give a car free to you just because they're not using it. That happens all the time. Don't come up with the excuse that, oh, I need to buy a new car. I hear that a lot in my job. And I just like, okay, I get it. People like you want a new car. People say, I need a new car. You don't need a new car. You (laughs) You can literally... Go on Facebook and be like, hey, who needs to get rid of a car? I don't want to pay too much. And you will get like a dozen people that will have their old Honda Civics or Honda Accords. Assuming the car works well. 
But the yeah. last thing you want is an old car that you're having to maintain and put money into. Because that's also not a good financial decision, in my opinion. True, but what's worse, the car payment or spending money every now and then on some repairs? Overall, in my experience, the repairs are not going to be as bad as the car payment over the long haul. Yes, you might have a month and the first half a year where you have to put out a big bill, but that will be quickly offset by the car payment. I was considering selling when it was at... The peak when it was insane, where the, everything was inflated. I was like, hey, we should sell. It's going to go back to normal. And here we are. It's getting back to normal. If you want a new car, fine. And you can afford it. God bless you. But don't say I need a new car when you damn well know you don't need that car. You want the car. And just know the difference. All right, ladies and gents, thank you so much for tuning into our show. Hopefully that was helpful. If you know of anybody that's going to be buying a car soon, would love this information, please pass it along and share our podcast. We appreciate all that love and support. Formula um, was helpful. Yeah. So hopefully it brings some clarity to the ne- next auto purchase. And also a lot of this advice I gave you today, think about it. If you are trying to buy a car, think about this. We have a chip shortage. There is a shortage of supply. That will catch up. There will be an excess amount of supply. You have people that are being delinquent on their cars what's going to happen there's going to be more repos people are going to lose their cars they're going to get rid of them the supply will catch up which means you have this excess supply the lower demand prices will go down so don't be anxious to get the car if you have to get one you got to do what you got to do but some patience will do you well in this current environment so hopefully that was helpful you've been listening to the free retiree show Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The free retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and Company.